Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. And I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business and Cossum. Today, we're going to talk about Ralph's remarkable journey. <laughs> Ralph's remarkable journey. I want, to, I want to give a brief shout-out, if you don't mind. This topic actually came from a prompt from one of our listeners, which by the way, if you have something you want us to talk about here on Perpetual Traffic, please hit us up. You can hit us on Twitter or you can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. This is, and I forgive me for butchering your name, but this comes from Armand Makhatra at the Mug Heater. And he says, can you do a Perpetual Traffic ep episode on finding your USP? And Ralph and I had a conversation and, and this is the way that we're approaching it because we ended up finding a really remarkable USP within the company that is Remarkable. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a company called Remarkable out there, which for anyone who is, you know, a business professional looking for another way in which to sort of document what they do every single day, ideate lots of different ideas, you know, take notes during a podcast. You know, I get on sales calls and discovery calls and calls all day. And I usually use the trusty old 
yellow legal pad. That's how I actually write all my notes and my chicken scratch. I've started to migrate over to an iPad, which now has a very cool, I think it was like a, you know, another like $300 add-on from the Apple store with a very, like a great keyboard. But for whatever reason, I don't use that typing and listening and trying to sort of absorb what people are saying on calls and so many, you know, so much a part of my day is spent on Zoom calls. Like, how do I actually get stuff into my brain, write it down, create follow up, and do this in sort of a, a very easy way and maybe a way in which doesn't look like I'm typing furiously off to the side. So it makes it look like I'm actually on Facebook or not paying attention on the call. It's like, what's the best way of doing it? So I've always found that just writing on a legal pad is the best way to do that. So I have stacks, literally, I think in my other office, it's in the background, Kasim. I have stacks of like 10 or so legal pads of just stuff I've written down the last two years. I'm like, how do I actually get a better solution? And I, even though I got the keyboard for the iPad, it still isn't the solution. It's not the solution to be able to type on my keyboard because I can't like listen and type at the same time. So a friend of mine recommended this product, which we'll leave links in the show notes for. We should probably have an affiliate link for this. But anyway, it's called Remarkable and it's called the, the world's thinnest tablet. What it is, it mimics the ability to write sort of with a, I haven't gotten it yet, by the way. I haven't actually received it. So I'm sort of excited to get it. But anyway, it mimics the action of writing on a legal pad or on a piece of paper. And then you can upload it into wherever, into your MacBook Pro, into your iPad. There's all these kind of integrations. So a friend of mine got one. And then all of a sudden I started seeing ads for it. I did like a bunch of different ways in which to sort of determine, is this something that's actually going to make my life easier? And then I ended up buying it just a couple of days ago. So we're going to go through that journey of how something that I didn't know that I needed, or I didn't even know that I wanted, company actually presented something of a solution to a problem I didn't even know I had. And that is today's episode. And that's how it relates back to USP. This is the sort of the old world marketing term of unique selling proposition. What was their unique selling proposition? How did they differentiate themselves in the market? How did they actually capture a new customer through a product I didn't even know existed three months ago to a $600 plus purchase? These things are not cheap. And how they position it in the, in, the, in the actual upsell pathway we can get into here in just a second. So that's what today's show is going to be all about, Kasim, tying back to our request for how do you differentiate yourself in the market. I think this is the crux of everything that we do here on Perpetual Traffic. It's not just about traffic. It's how do you position your product in the right way to attract that audience or your ideal customer profile, which in this case, probably for them, is a guy just like me. What's interesting about the Remarkable 2 for me is it feels almost too niche. It feels like, well, I have an iPad or a tablet or you know even my smartphone. And so if somebody explains it to me just from the outside looking in, 
it's almost like the USP could work against it, except that it's so well outlined. Because when you tell me like, oh yeah, there's this thing that replicates pen and paper. In my mind, I'm like, well, just go get pen and paper, dude. Like, what is this non-problem that we're solving? But then I hop on the website and I start looking at it. And then I'm instant, like, I have to buy one now because I'm going through this thing. I'm just like, oh my God. It is like pen and paper, but then they have the cloud storage and the little apps and the ability to kind of you know, take notes, send emails, highlight. It's an analog to digital conversion. And to a point that you made earlier, Ralph, it solves a problem that I didn't know I had. I didn't know that my pen and paper note-taking was so flawed and needed, you know, help, needed digitized help and assistance. And I think that's one of the, the most important pieces of the USP is they're really good at now convincing me, you know, the same way, I don't know if this is true, But the old marketing trope goes that the guys that invented Listerine invented Listerine first and then halitosis second. (laughs) Have you heard that? Yeah. So like, you know, here's remarkable inventing their halitosis, convincing me that I have it. And now I got to get the thing, which man, you know, what a brilliant model that is. And I think we should all do it. We all need to go invent our halitosis. So that's, that's the question is like, what's your brand or product or services halitosis? And then make sure people know they've got it so they can go it's solve true. it. It's true. I, that's a great story. I mean, it might be, you know, an, maybe this is that's an older marketing story, but I remember reading about this like years and years ago. They invented this product looking for a market. They had no right. real idea. It's almost like, and I recently reread this, and I think this is an old marketing tale, is the post-it note was invented by an engineer at 3M that had this solution with this glue that didn't really stick all that well. It wasn't really a great adhesive, but he knew there was a product in there somewhere. And it actually took him, I think, five or six years internally just selling it inside 3M to finally bring it to market. And when it went to market, it was a flop. It was an absolute flop until they started giving it away. And then that's when it became what it is today. Because people are like, oh my God, I need this thing because now everyone has post-its. I look at my desk here, I have four or five post-its on my desk right now. People realize that, okay, maybe the remarkable is going to eliminate that. I don't know. You know, the point is, is that it created its own market. So it's like, how do you this is in the USP here? So how do you actually differentiate yourself with maybe a, a product that you don't know that you need and how do you attract people to that? So tippy top of funnel, like pre-pre-engagement content, when I look back at my customer journey or sort of my customer acquisition path, which is what we call inside Tier 11, the customer acquisition amplification sort of strategy, it like this followed it to a T. I... Mm saw a video because I was probably targeted just as like a pre-roll video. And I saw this guy, you know, using the remarkable and then throwing away his stack of legal pads. Immediately I was captivated. I'm like, wait a second, that's me. They did their research. And I think we actually have done, you know, episodes on this in the past where, you know, maybe what they did, and my guess is, and you can now do this with automated devices and AI, obviously, is maybe take, you know, the iPad, you know, product page and then pump that into chat GPT and then say, tell me all the complaints about the iPad. Like, what does the iPad not do? 
and then help mm. me create a product for the gaps within the iPad. Now, the iPad does have the ability to be able to actually write now. I don't have one of those iPads. But one of the things I really miss is sort of that tactical kind of feel and listening to, you know, the, the sound of the pen on the paper for whatever reason, like that's a part of how I absorb information, believe it or not. It's like, I'm a very sort of tactical sort of auditory kind of learner. And no, dude, there's neuroscience that backs this. I forget the, but it might be thinking fast and slow. I'm sure I'm misquoting mm -hmm. that, but I remember reading that part of the issue with retention in the digital age is that writing improved our retention on like a, you know, like a 10 factor yeah. and typing doesn't for whatever reason. And so I don't think that's just you. I think that's humanity. You're absolutely right. And, you know, maybe writing in an iPad would be just as good as writing in a remarkable, except that we've all been indoctrinated with pen to page writing. So, you know, a little thing like that makes a really big difference, especially if I'm going to be using the damn thing every day. So we'll leave some links in the show notes here, but I mean, there's been studies that have been done on this exact thing is that physically writing things down appears to be the winner when it comes to retention and understanding. So there is something about it. And I knew this inherently because, I mean, if you've done enough note-taking on your computer, and we've all been in those meetings where people have their laptops open and they're clicking away, first off, it's annoying. And also, you don't really know, are they on Slack? Are they on Facebook? Are they you know, looking mm. up some Google Drive document? Or are they actually paying attention? I've been the presenter and the one that's been in the crowd at the same time. So there's that. But if you're actually writing something down in a meeting in front of a presenter, you're taking notes about what they're talking about. So that unto itself, just it frames everything completely differently from my perspective. And the fact that I know physically that when I type something versus when I read it, I know when I write something, I'm already starting the process of assimilating that knowledge into my brain. And But remarkable very much was able to target me with videos sort of at a very high end. It's like, all right, first off, you're writing stuff down on a legal pad and then you're forgetting where it is. Like that has happened to me dozens of times. I'm like, where was that? Right. Those notes from that call I had back in June of 2022 when that guy said that one thing. It's like, I can't find it. You know, it's in a stack somewhere. And I have like three locations where I work. So I'm not even sure which location. So part of their videos was at the very top differentiating, like, what is that thing that your product does better, but also solves the problem that maybe your avatar doesn't even realize that they have. And I think this goes back to, you know, old school advertising. And this is the unaware market, right? This is, this is, mm. we've talked about this many, many times, breakthrough advertising, Eugene Schwartz, this is the unaware market. I am unaware that I have a problem. I kind of sort of know I have a problem, but I'm not really aware that I have a problem. So maybe there's a little bit in between, like I know I'm writing stuff down and then I can't find it. So I am sort of problem aware, but I'm mostly unaware. And I'm especially unaware of any kind of solution, which is sort of that next step. So I am not solution aware, which is sort of the third step in, in Schwartz's hierarchy here. And then ultimately, you know, through Remarkable, they presented very well in their videos, and we'll leave links to their YouTube channel because I think they do an extraordinary job of this. They presented it in short form, skippable, you know, pre-roll YouTube videos because I'm on YouTube all the time looking up 
stuff that we talk about here on the show, AI trends, like you name it, like all kinds of things that I'm interested in personally. So they knew that I was watching that past the 25 second point. And so then I start to see content videos about guys who are maybe not my, this is where they missed me a little bit. Like there was engineers mm. there producing software. Like that was like their level two kind of ad. Like they knew I had engaged. They knew I was interested. They weren't selling me quite yet. They weren't pitching me quite yet because lo and behold, once I actually did buy it, the thing was pretty darn expensive and it still sort of stings to this day, but my guess is that it's going to be worth it. But they took me down this path gradually. In the interim, after I saw that first video and then I saw sort of the second video, you know, one of our new employees actually has one of these. So I never would have asked them what the thing was unless I had been aware of the engagement content, the pre-engagement content through that pre-roll video on, on YouTube. And that's when I talked to them. I said, hey, how do you use it? How do you like it? You know, when do you use it? When do you not use it? He explained the same sort of things to me. And then lo and behold, next time I'm on YouTube, I start seeing testimonial kind of videos about this. Whether or not it, you know, YouTube or Facebook or whoever it was, I started seeing ads in my news feed for Facebook. I started seeing Instagram ads. Exactly all the things that we talk about here. I was now the guinea pig in this advertising and marketing experiment. Now it's testimonial videos. It's people like me, mm. executives, busy executives who have lost their yellow legal pads. And oh, by the way, you can also draw on this and you can ideate and you can take time. And one of the big annoying parts of working on my iPad is that I always forget to turn off the notifications. One of their videos says, hey, you know, don't get distracted by notifications. Have your own time. Like I know you block off time in the morning for like thinking time, deep work. I always do this on my iPad and then I get distracted on my deep work. So mm. now they're talking to another pain point. Like they're layering pain points upon pain points, not really even pitching the solution, but they're sort of showing the solution without the hard pitch. So I'm deeper in the funnel here. I'm, I've gone from unaware to problem aware. I'm now solution aware. I know this thing is out there. And now it's really, it's just a matter of, and now I'm obviously, I'm product aware to a certain degree. Now it's like, I need to be the most aware and like, all right, what's going to be the next step? And for me, that last and final step was a combination of the testimonials that I saw, some of these demos. I then went to the site I was obviously retargeted. I started to see, you know, them now showing me an offer. I'm sort of at level three, four, if you remember, sort of the traffic harmonizer system, which is our customer acquisition amplifications. Like one and two are lightly engaged, pretty unaware, problem aware, a little bit of solution aware. Now I'm kind of looking for a deal. I'm looking for, okay, how much is this thing going to cost me? And what can I get? in addition to it. So I'm sort of, I'm, I'm ready and I'm willing and able to make the purchase. Then I actually went through the entire cart process. Okay. I entered in my email and then I abandoned cart like any good consumer. And now I start getting deal emails and really well written. And I also started to see ads in my newsfeed of, you know, Hey, come back, you know, this month's special, there was a Memorial day, special, which I didn't do anything with. 
And it was just this past week. The thing that tipped me over the edge is I asked that employee at tier 11, like, how do you use it? I asked about like the final sort of things, like which pen do you get? Do you get the one with the eraser or not the eraser? Which folio do you get? Do you get the leather binder or the plastic binder? He sort of gave me all the stuff that he got. And he said, you got to watch out for this. The pen breaks really easy, which is one of the problems. And then I started, you know, I Googled like how durable are the new remarkable pens. And they actually had to, now I'm on a Google search. Now I'm, I'm so close to making that purchase. And then finally, I said, what the hell? I'll make that purchase. And I ultimately did. And then they started sending me emails almost immediately after they confirmed my purchase of how to set it up. We're excited to have you. This is what you have to expect. So the whole flow was almost perfect. I don't know if they do their internal marketing on their own or whether they have an agency. The point was, is it took me down this path exactly the way that you as a marketer want to take a cold prospect who has no idea who you are down the same type of path. And if I add up all the touch points, Kasim, in this whole journey, I would say there was probably 20 or 30 easily between videos, between talking to other people, impressions, view through, you know, stuff that I see on Instagram and Facebook pre-rolls yet again, ads over on sort of the right-hand side, you know, what I'm watching on my connected TV, you know, I would say easily 30 touch points until I finally pulled the trigger and bought one just two days ago. So I'm really excited to get it in the mail. And can I ask a question about the, the sales process mm -hmm. for you, specifically when you became solution aware and then product sure. aware? At any point, because I just went and Googled it, I, I just put remarkable two verses, and I see that there's a couple of products, the Supernote and the Kindle Scribe. At any point, did you go look at those alternatives, or did you just stay inside of the remarkable two's funnel? I stayed inside their funnel almost entirely. So I, I have a thesis here that I think we can anecdotally prove out. I think if you're the brand that makes the consumer problem aware, they stay in your funnel. If the consumer becomes problem aware before being exposed to you, you risk them now bouncing around funnels. So if I'm like, man, I really need an e-ink tablet. Now I'm going to go best e-ink tablet. Now I'm looking at the Supernote, the Remarkable, the Kindle Scribe, the iPad, and now it's a dogfight. But if you can be the one, like Remarkable was for you, and I've had the exact same thing happen for me as well. If you can be the one that catalyzes that, specifically with your USPs, you put them in this silo. It's this airlock of marketing where they don't want or need to go elsewhere because you're already kind of serving you know, every facet of that journey. So I think that's a really interesting part of the case study here. There were alternatives that might, who knows, could be better, could be worse, could be cheaper, could be more expensive, but it kind of didn't matter because for you, it was the remarkable that was the target. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I didn't even look at other competition because I was already so far down that path and there was two things at play here. Like they got my loyalty because they got my attention. I wasn't brand loyal from the start, but there was a little bit of loyalty. Like these people, like I respected them as a marketer, but also remember yeah. I had that recommendation from that other trusted person on right. my team. 
they're also one of those people that does a ton of research in like 17 different brands and then picks the right, right. one. He was like, yeah, this one's the best. So there was that. So I was a little bit skewed there. So it's almost like I didn't want to distract myself and spend more time. Like I right. barely have enough time. I mean, I'm oversubscribed already as it is. Like, do I really want to spend an extra three hours going through like Google reviews and doing all these sorts of things? No, this was a product that spoke to an unmet need that I had solved a pain that I didn't really kind of know that I had. And they did it in such a subtle and cool way. And I didn't even know the price was. The price to pay for that was that I probably paid more than I would have if I had done the competitive search. But for somebody like me, I was like, it's worth it. It's worth maybe yeah, time's worth more. Time's than worth more. Like, am I going to spend an extra two or three hours to spend to save a hundred bucks? Well, if I figure out what my hourly rate is, it's more than a you know fifty bucks an hour. So I have to sort of factor that in too. So maybe like for other people, it might be something that they want to do. But the point is, is like the point of contact was made for this brand, and. I remained loyal to a certain degree. It's almost like I was looking for ways to not buy it as opposed to buy it. And because they were so persuasive and addressing all my individual pain points, readable in sunlight, you know, I can immediately transpose it into a PDF. I can drag and drop it into a file like Google Drive, which I use all the time. I can even take like notes from my notes from my iPad and and import it into Remarkable. Like these are all things. I no longer have to spend all this money on legal pads, even though legal pads are a hell of a lot less than you, know, you can buy a lot of legal pads for six hundred bucks. That's for damn sure. But if you can't find them, you can buy all the legal yes. pads for six hundred. I think you can buy the IP for legal yeah, pads actually, for six hundred dollars. You can. You can probably set up your own manufacturing facility. So there's a, there was a there was an inflection point in your search that I feel like was the danger point for Remarkable and an inroad for another tool. When you Googled about the Remarkable pen, mm. like, is the Remarkable pen fragile? That for me was the point where, you know, the Super Note or the Kindle scribe could sneak in with a search ad saying the most durable pen in the e-ink market. And now you have a guy that's gone from the extreme top of the funnel to the extreme bottom of the funnel. And you know, this, this gets cyclical, this conversation, because using a unique selling proposition and a pain point for another product, somebody else could have potentially maybe injected themselves into the fight. And doing and and they did it based off of something that you're obviously kind of worried about or concerned about. So I think it speaks again to the entire process. Like, f- go figure out what people are saying about your product or service. Hey, this is great, but be really careful because the pen sucks. Now that's big because now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go make the biggest, baddest pen that's ever existed in the world of pens. And by the way, if you can't, because there are those products where you know what this actually needs to be fragile by nature. It needs to be light, soft, yeah. whatever. I'm going to make the best warranty, the best replacement. You're going to get three instead of one. Like whatever that ends up being, bam, unique selling proposition. And now you're in the race. Yeah, you could have, that's a great point. And when we go back to the premise for today's show, it is about unique selling proposition. And we even talked about this on previous episodes. You know, we talked about Amazon, like how you do your research for Amazon, like what reviews are so invaluable. It's like you find out where the weak links are in your competitors. 
I mean, is the, the mm. pen could have been the thing that swung me in a different direction, like unlimited pens. Because the pen, I didn't realize as you go through the journey, the pen is like 170 bucks or something. They come across as like, this is a $279 product, but the pen is 120 bucks. Whether or not you actually want the eraser or the non-eraser, yeah, it's $129. So, you know, there could have been something at the end of the remarkable offer. Say, hey, get our warranty on our pens, unlimited lifetime pens for only $10 a month. Something like that. So there, there is a way for remarkable to actually put even more of a get out ahead yeah, of that. Get put a moat yeah. around their product as well as maybe the competitors to come in and invade and invade the castle, so to speak. So there is that, but understanding what those opportunities are does come from research. A hundred percent. And I you know we've talked about it a gazillion times here on the show. Research is not the sexy part of advertising, but is the stuff that actually makes the biggest difference. When you aggregate all that data, whether it's Amazon reviews, which you can use you know, through chat GPT now, you know, it actually will read URLs or through some of the extensions or Chrome extensions that we'll leave inside the links in the show notes here. You can shorten that learning curve on your research when you're trying to think and you're trying to position yourself in the market, and especially in a very competitive market. I think one of our last guests actually talked about how he positioned himself in the iPad case market. Like, does it get any more competitive than that? The iPhone case market. What are mm. people saying about other competitors that are in that niche that I can actually differentiate and make it better? So if you can do it there and you can use a tool like ChatGPT, you can certainly do it for your particular product or service. And this is how you extend the life of your advertising and your marketing too. You're constantly looking for ways in which to end around the competition. If you know that maybe your product does have a fault or failing, it's like improve upon it, you know, maybe with the pen warranty, nine bucks a month. Now you're turning it into a, you know, a continuity program or maybe a one-time $79 fee or something like that as a add-on way at the end of your funnel, or you as a competitor to Remarkable, really zeroing in on that pen feature. So I know we're making a lot out of just the pen, but I think it is important when there's tiny little slivers of the market. No, that's what's funny. Is it's, the little th it's the little reasons people it's buy. It's the little things. You know, I mean, there's an 80,000, my dad just bought an $80,000 car and he, he's going on and on and on and on and on about this stupid ass touchscreen. <laughs> And just how much better this touchscreen is than the other touchscreen. And I'm like, man, this $80,000 car, and I bet you that touchscreen at, at absolute most was like $1,200 bucks right. cost, you know, on this $80,000 car. But that's how they yeah. got them. Who has the best touchscreen, you know, car right now? Swear to God. Like, yeah. If you rank for that, I mean, obviously the, the future of search is going to be changing soon enough. But the point is, is like if you write an article about, touch screens for your product versus the rest of the products that are out there on the market. And somebody does Google it and all of a sudden you're giving helpful and useful information there. Maybe that's a piece of content that you use to shore up or to, you know, make that moat around your product even more robust. And that's really what we're talking about here. Or to just give people a better reason or more of a reason to buy your product. You know? So 
it's all these little things. I know you actually gave a really good example of this, which we talked about in previous shows about the sauna that you bought. And it's almost the same sort of kind of journey. And you focused in on particular areas that were problems when in fact the product that you ended up buying, like everybody kind of does the same thing. They just marketed it a hell of a lot better and caught your attention. So there is yeah, that I bought, a, I bought an infrared sauna and, and the company I bought it from had this amazing like 30 page PDF download that talked about how their infrared sauna was low EMF and how important low EMF is and how dangerous EMF is and analysis and scientific discovery and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I definitely need a low EMF sauna. And then I, you know, I get the sauna and I'm talking to my, my buddy the, you know, who's effectively an engineer he's like, dude, all infrared saunas are low EMF. <laughs> I wasn't even mad, Ralph. I'm like, well, yeah, good for them. Cause they found the thing and, and that's what I wanted. And God bless them. You know, they earned my business the right way. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. So we will leave links in the show notes for this week's episode. And we actually have every step of the funnel path for remarkable, which I think is definitely worth your while to take a look at and potentially reverse engineer, even if you're not in the, you know, the space that these guys are, but the point is, is like how it's actually done. We'll even find some of the videos. I think this is a pro company that knows how to persuade for a very high-end product, you know, that serves a niche that, you know, I think maybe a lot of people, especially with iPads and Kindles, never have really even thought about. And certainly won my business. And we'll have to maybe have a, a live review on one of the professional traffic episodes to see exactly how much I like it, whether or not the pen is as good as they say. Awesome. So this has been a lot of fun. Make sure that you do leave a rating wherever you listen to a podcast. Let us know about this type of format as well. This is a little bit more off the cuff, just sort of real world examples of how we can help you think maybe a little bit differently about your product and how to market versus the competition. Or if you're just starting a brand new business, how do you actually create your USP in a crowded marketplace like the, the folks at Remarkable were able to do here? And as always, leave us you know a way in which we can do better. This was a direct result of that over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. The subject of today's episode was that. Follow me over on LinkedIn at Ralph Burns and then Kasim at Kasim Aslam on Twitter Go back and listen to previous episodes and definitely check out the Perpetual Traffic YouTube channel, which we'll leave links in the show notes for that. So all resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 